What is the thing that we can all do to really support the growth and development of this child and raise their own belief in what's possible? The educational landscape has shifted. The social mobility is very segregated. Therefore, politically, the same thing is happening. The decisions you make around that child's education are of paramount importance. What can we do that would make educators' lives better? How do we make change that you can see in the classroom? They don't have summers off. They're not on a break. Most of the time that kids are not in school, teachers are still working. To impact our urban public schools, to impact the life of a child, we really wanted to elevate the profile of our city as well as elevate the opportunities that exist in education here. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miss Education. This is Jen. Thank you for listening to Miss Education. I have three of my very, very good friends and colleagues sitting in front of me, and I'm going to give them a second to say hi. I'll go. Hi, okay. this is Brian with City Education Partners. Hi, everybody. This is Dalia Flores Contreras with City Education Partners. Hey there, this is uh, Chris Mammon with City Education Partners. So I'm Jen with City Education Partners <laughs> also. And that makes that's what makes this fun is I get to sit down with people that I work with pretty regularly um, because they have, we have really exciting stuff happening at City Education Partners. And the big news right now is that we just launched San Antonio School Finder. Um, and so I thought this is a perfect opportunity for us to talk through that because we want as many people in San Antonio to know that it exists and to know why it exists. It's very valuable. It's also like a really hot topic in San Antonio right now, um, this concept of best fit schools and school choice. And we've had several guests on several different episodes talk about what school choice is and what that means. And beyond all of that, every time I get together for a miseducation podcast, I try to do it, A, with wine and B, with friends that I think are smarter than I am. And so thank you all for being here. Really, Absolutely. truly. Thanks this for, is for having us. Yes. You're welcome. Cheers. Cheers. So what's up, guys? Tell us about School Finder. It's here finally. What, three, four years in the making? Really? Yes. Uh, So, you know, I want to reflect back. I was thinking about a story, and and I can't take credit for this by any means. This actually goes to one of your previous guests, Joel Harris. Yes. And when they went out to start talking to parents about – creating this tool, they brought a bunch of parents into a room and they started showing them these other kind of school search, school finder tools from other cities. And people are like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what's the website for the San Antonio tool? And they kept on having to go back and say, that's what we're here to talk about. This doesn't exist. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But where, where do I go in San Antonio for this? And we're like, it doesn't exist yet. And it was really amazing in the very beginning on how many people just assumed that this was a thing. Like this just – maybe the city made it yeah. or the county, someone, but it doesn't exist until we brought it to existence. And so um, in November of this year, we finally kind of opened the doors to the public uh, on this tool that we've been slaving over for the last year. We're excited to yeah. share it with uh, all of Bear County. For sure. I think sometimes people forget that San Antonio is like the seventh largest city in the United States. We don't often act like a huge metropolitan city. So when cool stuff happens, I feel like we're like five, six years later. We join the (laughs) – am I wrong? (laughs) Actually, I think on this one we may not be at the end of the bandwagon, right? Like we're – we're still at the a handful or maybe now it's like two or three handfuls of cities across the country have this. So who else has it? Who are the other cities? 
So uh, Minnesota has one. Oakland has one. El Paso has one. Indy has one. Yeah, they're 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 out there. Okay, so uh, let's Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. So what is it exactly, and where do people find it? They find it at sanantonioschoolfinder.org. Essentially, what San Antonio School Finder is, it's a one-stop shop. Every single time I talk to this with parents, I mean, even this morning when we were at Telemundo filming about School Finder, um, the woman who interviewed me is a mom. And we pulled it up real quick on her phone just so she could take a look and get an idea for yeah. what the paper said about School Finder. And she was like, man, I wish you would have had this six months ago when I first moved to San Antonio. We had a very hard time finding schools for my child. So basically, it takes all the information of, of, of over 600 schools across San Antonio, all the ISDs and charters, and it puts it in one place for parents, and it allows schools to tell their story. Nice. So it's really a place where parents can find information, be informed about their options, and select the best fit for their child. I'm glad you said best fit again, because I already forgot that that's what we're also talking about. What, what does that mean? We don't have a common definition of best fit. Um, the way I like to describe it is what's the best fit for the child best based on what the parents believes is best, right? Mm -hmm. So some parents might think that accountability ratings are what's most important to them, and that's what the best fit for their child is. I always tell the story about band. I mean, if I had not gone to a school where there was band and I could play my trumpet, I don't think I would have had uh, yeah. as much success. It was for a huge sure. entry point for me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. sometimes it's programming. Sometimes it's culture. Sometimes it's language. And so what we're trying to do is put all that information out for parents so that they can decide and help them be informed, right? We're not trying to dictate for a parent what best fit is. We're saying your child is unique and there are unique things that make them come alive and um, make them successful. And every school is unique and has their own unique story. So we want them to make yeah. that match. I think it's really interesting because I feel like when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of choices around school. I f and now I feel like kids are like their own little free agents. Like they get to – they're not entirely committed to one place or the other. When I was growing up and in school, you were committed to a school because of where you lived. And now – Less and less that is the way that San Antonio is operating, although I know everyone still can't access every choice that's out there. I still feel like they are little free agents. Yeah, as uh, as my wife and I are planning our own family, we don't have kids yet, but we were looking at the schools in our neighborhood and thought that we were stuck with those. And then as I've learned working with CEP and then on School Finder is that our options are pretty endless and we do become the uh, tellers of our own kids' stories in the future and, and finding those bet best fit schools, not the only fit school because it's a neighborhood um, yeah. in, in our area. So as our children grow and, and gain interest, we can still move them around too and find the ones that have band or robotics or whatever it may be that's interesting to them. So inherently, it's like tons more competitive too. Like sure. People get really pissed off about this. Unless you're thinking about it from the child's perspective. Right. But when you're thinking about it from the school district's perspective and it feels like you're now trading students, I feel like there's still a lot of territorial thinking where it's like, this is our boundary. This is our neighborhood. This is our school. How could we suggest that somebody choose something different? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like we're enticing somebody mm -hmm. away from something else. So it's a really interesting conversation for me because now I live in two worlds yeah. uh, and I'm a parent and I exercise choice. Like all three of my students, all three of my kids go to schools that are not in my neighborhood and none of them go to the same school. 
You know, I think that the interesting thing about the school choice conversation is there's always been school choice, right? Mm -hmm. But it was about did you have the means to physically move yeah. your family, right? And I think that unfortunately shut a lot of people out of the school choice, right? Right. I think many of us, even in this room, and I know, Jen, in your story, too, your parents picked up and moved across the city when mm -hmm. you were young to put you in, in yep. a different set of schools, right? And yeah, totally. As did I with my kids. And, mm -hmm. and, and not everyone has that means. And I think it's fantastic that now we're starting to see options that even if you aren't able to relocate your family, you still have access to options, right? And so, like, there's this marketplace that's kind of birthed out of this. And that's what we're hoping to kind of capitalize on yeah. with School Finder is there's now like an educational marketplace where people are going to go and look at their options and and really start to, you know, put things against each other. Yeah. And um, I think that's also another healthy thing that's going to come out of this. Maybe a I little bit too. of healthy competition. Totally. Yeah. And less reliance on folklore, right? Like less reliance on like that's the bad side or these are the good schools or you should you want to be here you don't want to be there and it's all hearsay it's not rooted entirely in experience and it's not rooted entirely in fact either because you don't know what you don't know so if there's one common place where you can go to find out what you don't know then i think that helps people make their choices um, in a big way in a really big way I, th I think it'll also push the school districts beyond just the status quo, too, on since there is that competition, hopefully, that starts up uh, between the schools with it, whether it's public district or public charter, it's going to make them think beyond just the normal classroom uh, setting that we're used to and have those competitive programs and improve the the outcomes for every student that's there, too. Yeah, when we've done some of these uh events with principals to actually get data into School Finder. And we'll talk a little bit more later, I think, about the, the robust content and how we're including schools in this yeah. process. But one of the most interesting things when we first give these school leaders keys to, like, the entire School Finder site, do they go look at their school first? <laughs> no. They go look at all their competing charter schools around them. Like, they want to see what basis or great hearts got on their site. And that's like the bar. They're like, oh, I'm going to get you. And like, all right. All right. <laughs> Let's, do know, Let's do it. Um, but it's very interesting. Like, it's where they first go to. That's really interesting. I think it's because you haven't really had to tell your story if you're a neighborhood school because you have an inherent feeder pattern. Like these kids are coming to you no matter what. So I don't think we've become experts at telling a story um, in the neighborhood schools the way that we're investigating that now. Because now it's like I actually do have to pay attention and I have to write the stories that are already being told. Sometimes we're not completely in control of the narrative. And it hasn't mattered so much. In some ways, it matters immensely. But in other ways, you know the students are still going to walk through your door in August. And now you're not so sure that everybody who lives in your neighborhood is also going to come to your school. So you do have to pay more attention to, like, what what's being said about us and what are we good at saying about ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. So how do schools tell their own story on the website? One of the things that for a lot of the other tools that are out there. And, you know, obviously we went out and looked at the competing or existing tools, you know, greatschools.org and niche. And a lot of that is just real one-way data. They're taking and aggregating TEA or state level accountability data. And mm -hmm. like they push it through some algorithm, which makes some crazy number that nobody quite. Like spent, a rating of its own. Yeah. Like yeah. they kind of come up with their own rating system. Um, and, and that's what's kind of spit out. And, and, and there's no input for the schools there. So even if there's wrong information, 
Um, there's no input for the school. So when we set out to build School Finder for San Antonio, one thing that was very apparent that we wanted to ensure we got across was um, accuracy of information. And we, we found that when parents went to greatschools.org and other places like that, if they saw a principal or a piece of information that was really old or outdated, they instantly discounted the entire site. Like they just oh, were yeah. like, I'm done. Having accurate information has been really important to us, but also having the school have the ability to speak into the tool, right? Because yes, you can and go to School Finder and sort by state accountability grade mm-hmm. letter ratings, but that's not the only thing that makes up a school. And, and I know there's other people in the room that can speak much better to this, but for me as a parent, I want to understand what are the other things that my kid can do at the school? What are they proud of? Do they have leadership programs? You know, what are their values? Um, how excited is the staff? Do they do fun stuff? Are there opportunities for me as a parent to get involved? Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of schools that don't really want parents to get involved, believe it or not. And so, you know, School Finder allows schools to go in, upload videos, photos. They've got many areas where they can actually speak with their own voice and talk about why their campus is so special and really tell a narrative and a story about that school and what they're doing. And I think the other part of it, too, is the state accountability piece. Um, This is probably a topic for a whole other podcast, but (laughs) there are C&D schools out there that are amazing. Yeah. And they need a chance to level the playing field. And that's what we hope that they were going to get to do here. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get into the whole generational poverty conversation. But when you have kids coming into your school that are already three, four years behind, there's no way that's going to be an A-rated school. It's just that those te- you get the best teachers in the world. And I don't know that it's going to get there immediately. It will over time. And as sure. we fix the entire system. But I think on day one, it's hard for those schools. It's that are really hard. That. It's really hard. It, it's hard when you're one. I always feel like. Schools are one piece of the city pie, right? And and there's a lot of other slices that have to also be working well in order for any kind of success to be recorded in school. It's not just what happens in the building. It's also the way kids are sleeping at night and what you're eating and whether or not you have access to medical care and whether or not you have experienced trauma in your life, like all of those things also impact what's going to happen in the school building, which is what makes it harder to earn a high rating in a school that's that's experiencing all of those things at the same time. Like everything about a life is harder because of the access they have to other things that people have in other places. So I agree. It's harder. It's not impossible, but I think that it's infinitely harder. Yeah. That actually brings up, like, what it, what can we say about how school choice and having access to information about schools impacts equity in San Antonio? When I first started at CEP, one of the things that I did was to get out in the community and talk to as many parents as possible. Um, and sometimes it meant being in a McDonald's, you know, sitting down with my computer, talking to them while their kids played in the gym. And I remember pulling up the computer and saying, you know, I want to, I want to learn about how you access the web. How do you get information about schools? Where do you find it? And a lot of them, and we'd even start that school choice conversation and like exploring their options, they would say, well, it's, you know, it's whatever is down the street for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't even know that they had choice. Right. And so when you even, even when you look at 
ownership versus rentals in San Antonio, about half of the community rents and about half the community owns. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in public housing. <clears throat> There's, you know, public housing across uh, different parts of yes. San Antonio, north, east, west, south. And there are a lot of really, really great schools all over. And so it really started to bring up for me a lot of awareness on the fact that like parents don't even know they have a choice, right? So like that's a thing. And, you know, I think if you're sitting from a, if you're sitting from a place where you're trying to protect the system that you're at, you know, you might think, well, I don't want parents to know that they have a choice. Um, but at City Education Partners, we don't, we're about kids. Mm -hmm. And so, and we believe that parents should be informed, right? And so parents should know that they have a choice and they should know what those choices are. And then um, it's on us to make sure that we're doing what we can to ensure that they know the choices, know that they have choice, know how to access those and, and try to eliminate those barriers. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's great to see them thinking about that stuff like, oh my gosh, I have choice. And then how do I look at those different choices? And how do I, you know, you're not going to, I mean, I've never bought a car off of looking at it on a website, right? So you can't, <laughs> those are big decisions that you may not make just by looking at information on a website, but talking to them about how to go into the school and ask for a tour. And yes, that's a right of yours too. And you deserve mm -hmm. that. And it's for you and it's accessible to you. And as a parent, you have the ability to go and demand that. Um, and, you know, go that step further and then go through whatever application process. I mean, like you said earlier, Northeast, uh, Northside, they have choice schools, magnet yeah. schools, and they do accept students outside of the district. Mm -hmm. SASD has choice schools that they accept students out of the district. And so it's great to have all of that information for parents to learn about, to explore and to access. Definitely. It's interesting to me that there are still a lot of places that you could walk into and have people say, well, I had no idea that that was even an option for me. Having something that's on a website, because it's not an app, right? Like it's no. nothing that you have to download. You, it looks like an app when you are on your cell phone, but it's not an app. It's a website. So anybody who has any sort of access to any kind of technology is going to be able to go right. log on to, your, to the website and, and search for schools that – that are in or around them or that interest them in the least bit. And I think that's really kind of cool, too. Yeah, and it's because, in English and in Spanish. Oh, that's awesome. So that's another thing. A lot of district websites, even our state TA website, when you're trying to find, you know, information, it's not translated in Spanish. But it's not translated well. <laughs> or it's like Google Translate, yeah, right? Yeah. And, uh, Which I wouldn't know the difference. Let me just say <laughs> that. I just know that, like, my sister-in-law is like, that made no sense what you just wrote. And I'm like, well, I Google translated it. She told me I was right. And she's like, no, Jen. No. I love it. Yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's hard. It's hard <clears throat> to navigate typically, you know, just even the way, you know, things aren't always intuitive. Where do I click to find mm -hmm. this information? And what, you know, 10 clicks later, I'm finally maybe at a school school page. Yeah. Um, and it's not always in Spanish. So like what? changes in San Antonio if everybody does know that they have a choice and if everybody finds a right fit for their kid and if every if all of the schools are operating at full capacity like what does that change in San Antonio I feel like it changes everything I mean truly it would be a great thing to have and I'm sure like everything like every positive mo movement has things that we have to work through right they challenge mm -hmm. us to adjust um, and I'm sure there would be places that we would be pushed to adjust but a day where every single child wakes up super excited and gets stressed and runs out the door to the right school for them, the best fit school for them, whatever that child and that family believes, and they're all unlocking a future. Um, you know, what that means for how the system is structured and how we all kind of support that reality um, might be different than what it looks like today, and that's exciting. 
It is exciting. And it's a little scary too, right? Because I feel like anytime you go into the unknown, there are things that are really scary about that. And you think like, (laughs) what if everybody in the neighborhood says and decides like, actually, this neighborhood school is not, this is crap and we're sick of it and we're not going to come and the neighborhood school shuts down, right? And then you have like a lot of feelings about schools closing or reinventing themselves. There's so many feelings attached to that because I do think you have sort of like a legacy families that have gone to the same neighborhood school for a lot, like mm-hmm. multiple generations that have really high esteem for their neighborhood and for their school. And so th- I think that is something that people worry about in San Antonio is like, what's going to happen if everybody decides this isn't a good school, then then the yeah. system doesn't exist anymore. And what does that mean? Pushing ourselves to think of it and an and, right? So it's like, if a school is underperforming uh, or has bad culture, families are leaving um, or people choose not to go there. Uh, it also means that like, When we think about how to make schools better or how to get Mm -hmm. kids in great schools, it might mean that the community and and partners come together to uplift a school and make that school a great school, right? Like I've had parents that have told me, I don't want to have to put my kid on a bus for two hours. I don't want to have to drive across town. I want the school that's I throw a rock and I could hit it. Yeah. I Not want that it we're to like, be don't great. hear that as a good. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> PSA, guys. don't do that. Don't, don't throw rocks <laughs> at your school. You'll be in trouble. Yeah, protect your You're your going school. to be in big trouble. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, no. I want my neighborhood school to be great. And I want to be able to watch my child walk to school. And that mm-hmm. should be true too, right? And so there's a lot of ways to think about this. It's yeah, not one totally. or the other. It might mean great. Like, let's like to Brian's point, let's get into some competition and let's get into some healthy things better. Yeah. Let's make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make it better. Let's work together. Let's take ownership. Let's make this an A school. And we're going to commit to that. Some parents might choose it. That's what they want. Uh, Some parents might say, I can't do that. I can't sign up for Mm -hmm. that. Um, And I need my kid to be in a great school tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think about my mom. She worked three, four jobs. She couldn't mm-hmm. be at the school all the time. She couldn't yeah. be volunteering. She couldn't yeah. be on the parent advisory council. Um, even, it wasn't real. I mean, I don't have to work three jobs, even though I kind of do sometimes have a lot of things <laughs> I'm working mom, on. You're a mom. Of course you but work three jobs. I'm a mom, <laughs> and I, I still am not the mom that's at the parent advisory meetings. In fact, I just told – Jennifer Benavides, I apologize in advance. I just told Carlos today, Elijah has a parent meeting tonight, and I don't think I'm going to make it because I have something else going on. But feel free to go without me because there's always – I mean, you can't be everywhere. You can't yeah. be at all of the things. So even those even those moms – but I've fully confessed many times I'm not the model parent on – <laughs> on any of my education, uh, in any of my education communities. But I think it's just really hard. It's hard to know what you're supposed to do. It's hard to know where you're supposed to be. Um, it's hard to commit to being them there, even if you do know where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. Those are hard commitments to keep because you have a lot of things happening. Every parent does. Um, and so I think having something online eases that mm-hmm. too because it's like, okay, but I can find time to do that. Like, yeah. I can do that while I'm doing something else or when I'm somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, I just thought absolutely. I'd throw that in there for yeah. all the other moms like me who don't show up in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough. What, why is this so important to you personally? You said you've committed like over a year's worth of time. It's mm-hmm. a lot of hours. Um, I've seen <sighs> the blood, sweat, and tears because I get to watch <laughs> – 
Um, I think we have all more have more gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why why is this so important to you individually? I feel really personally connected to this project. Um, having gone to nineteen different schools in my nineteen different schools in my experience, by the time I got to high school, um, having a mom who was an immigrant from Mexico who didn't really command the language. Um, living in public housing, whether it was Lincoln Courts, Alazan Courts, across different parts of town. Um, I wish that for my family, even through all those barriers, that we had access to information. Um, I think I was lucky in high school. I ended up in Lytle. Uh, long story. <laughs> Another <laughs> podcast. Um, and I had a really great educational experience there. No fancy yeah. bells and whistles, but um, changed my life. And I just think about like, what did that, what if that had happened in elementary or middle school, yeah. right? Like, what if I had had five more years of that? Um, and I think that it, there are challenges for families if you're living um, in poverty, if your if language is a barrier, if you, you know, there's even the psychological impact of that and how you see yourself and what you believe you have a right to and access to and how the community believes and sees that. So I feel really excited that we're doing this. That we've yeah. taken it up upon ourselves, that we're battling through all the challenges because it hasn't been easy. Um, but giving parents access to information so that they can be informed. Um, and, you know, also like highlighting everything that's going on in San Antonio, all the great school options, helping them tell their story, helping them connect with families, giving them that platform, that voice that they don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I worked in schools before as teachers and leaders and um, we definitely didn't learn how to market our schools no. in school. <laughs> no. no. So it's it's great. It's great to have yeah. that. It's great for it to be in Spanish. It's great for the community to own it. And I think that, you know, students will ultimately benefit. Parents will benefit for their kids. I think teachers will be able to learn about, you know, whether it's prospective teachers or from across the country that might be looking at options in San Antonio. Um, it might be, you know, military families moving into mm -hmm. San Antonio who know nothing about the city and really are trying to navigate that. I mean, it's just such a great tool. Our our community deserves it, and we're really excited that it's here. So you've been on like a little bit of a media blitz recently, right, where you're like hitting everybody <laughs> up and telling everybody what School Finder is. What's been the response? Mm. Like how, how are people res responding? It's been really funny. Um, so – you know, I, I've never done this before. I, I am uh, the very first time I had to be on TV. I was like, Lord Jesus, I changed five times. I was <laughs> super nervous. I mean, it was just, yeah, scary. Um, <laughs> That's why I like podcasting. I know. <laughs> Nobody knows I'm in my pajamas right exactly. now. Oops, just kidding. <laughs> no one knows. This is our fourth bottle. No, I'm right. just kidding. It's really not. <laughs> um, but... At first, you know, you submit this paper to the newscaster or the journalist and they're, you know, kind of going off of this paper. And I learned that that wasn't really the way to do it. Now what I do is I come in a little bit early and I'm like, can I steal two minutes? Yeah. Pull up your phone, go to sanantoniaschoolfinder.org and check this out. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. And so many of them, I mean, without fail, almost every single place that I go to. Even if people don't have children, they're like, I'm going to show my sister. I'm going to show my cousin. Yeah. This is really cool. I didn't know this existed. I wish it was here six months ago. Because everybody knows kids, even if you don't have kids. Absolutely. You know a kid. I mean, the story is always like, it's so hard. It's so challenging. It was a mess. We couldn't find, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows a kid or kids or children or scholars or whatever you want to call young yeah. people. Um, and I think that lends itself well to like – 
this whole season we've been we've been sort of circling through this idea that school's not somebody else's issue to solve for. It's everybody's issue, I think. And I, I do think like even people who don't have children of their own should be listening and learning and um, telling everybody who does have children what they've listened to and learned um, because it makes the whole city better. Yeah. We are making the whole educators make or break a city. Education makes or breaks a city. All roads connect to All, school everything if you really is connected about it. to it. Like, yes. Doctors, your, your patients. Your, your, yes. Yeah. Everything. Why is this important to you, Brian? You know, I think for me um, specifically, I have like a, a story uh, last year when I was moving back to San Antonio from Austin. You know, when I left, my kids weren't in school, but when I came back, they were. And so, you know, um, we weren't really quite sure where to live. And we did what probably millions of other people have done over the years. You heed the advice of a realtor and they yeah. say, oh, you want great schools? You got to move to Alma Heights. Yeah. Mm. You know, and so we went and rented yep. a house in Alma Heights for a year. And in that process, we found an elementary school. And then my wife and I were both working. And it was like, oh, we need after school care. And we're like calling the school. It's before school opened. Nobody answered. We're not quite sure how things worked. We found like yep. a Facebook group and f got in contact with somebody. And so like this whole experience of like, trying to figure out where to live, what school to go to, what would be great for both of my kids who are a couple years apart and have really diverse needs. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was just like, oh, I probably have a little bit of a leg up. You know, I, I've, I'm privileged yeah. to the extent of that I've got access to move, right? I could even consider renting a house in Alamo Heights. And I can't imagine what it's like for anyone else to try to navigate this if I'm getting this frustrated with it. Mm -hmm. And so for personally, for me, it was like, we need to make this easier for everybody all across San Antonio. This shouldn't be this hard. Uh, and, and so I think that's why I specifically really am passionate about this project. Um, that leads me into another piece that we really haven't talked about, yeah. though. We're going to be launching in January, um, kind of a little wink to what I said in the second part of that story, um, our, our out-of-school time program yeah. finder, right? Um, that is something that has not been mapped well across San Antonio, period. Totally. Uh, and to get off the ground, like when we started going, like, oh, we'll just get all the after-school programs to <laughs> sign up with us. Yeah, whatever. That was that. not going to happen. So we found well, the next best so thing. There's so many, too. There's I mean, hundreds. So we partnered with um, Excel Beyond the Bell and a partnership. They have the most somewhat complete listing of high-quality out-of-school time programs. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be launching in January Sweet. a second part of the site where you can search out-of-school time programs. So as a parent, you not only have to find a great school, you, but what do you do with them from three to six? Dude, I totally – this. so I did not ever have this problem. When I had children, I was already working out of school. So my first son was born. I was a fifth-grade teacher. And he went to um, daycare. And daycare stays open till 6. So that's easy. And you can drop him off at like 6.30 if you needed mm -hmm. to. Yeah. So it's like a 12-hour day. Plenty of time to get him to daycare, get to work. Well, when he was old enough, when he to when he outgrew daycare, because I was working out of school, it was like, oh, guess what, John? This is now your school. You get to come to school with me. So again, I didn't have to worry too much about what was going to happen before school or after school because he was always with me. Elijah, when Carlos and I got married, Elijah, we decided to bring Elijah to school with me also. So both boys were with me through all of elementary school. 
not an issue. Never thought about it. They were just at school until I was done. And then we would all leave together. Well, then they outgrew me and went to middle school. And then we had a lease. And then I was like, what the hell do people do with their kids? Like, how am I going to finish my work day if they have to get picked up by like 4.30? There's like, I'm not even close to being done. I'm just starting PD. <laughs> I am just literally sitting down to a staff meeting. What am I supposed to do? I can't just get up and leave. And then it's like, well, they're in middle school. Can they walk home? Is that a, mm -hmm. do people do that? These days, like, can you can they ride a bus? Are they going to be okay if they ride the bus and then walk the rest of the way home? That's terrifying to me. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't sure what they were supposed to be doing or what was safe for them to do. Um, so I did not think through that until they were till they had outgrown coming to school with me. But it is a really big deal, and then it's kind of like, well, or you could pay for them to stay till six. But there's lots of different options. They hated one. They loved another one. Then they wanted to be picked up by a karate school. And I was like, is that a thing? Like the karate school is going to come and pick them up and take them to the karate or to gym. Now Elise wants to really do gymnastics. But it is so complicated. And in that area, there are so many choices that it's actually overwhelming where you're like, mm -hmm. I have no idea what I want you to do or how much I want to pay for that to happen. Yeah, it's crazy. Also trying to decipher which ones are just glorified babysitters and which ones totally. are actually adding enrichment, right, to yeah. their kind of spectrum so of educational exciting. options. So, yes, we're really excited about that. So we'll launch with about 100 providers um, here in January. And at that point, we'll open up the doors because I'm sure once this gets out, the rest of them that we're not quite sure how to corral are going to go, yeah. hey, we hey. want to be on here too. That's uh, really cool. And so hopefully we'll start adding more very aggressively. And then the hope is to expand the site to include spring break, summer Sweet. care options. Like that's the Winter next break. nightmare for parents, right? Oh, yeah. I'm like – we don't Go shut to down. school. Yeah. Why are you still in my house? <laughs> yes. uh, and so we wanted to like really start creating a, a yeah. platform where it's an easy place for parents. Uh, the other thing that we're doing is we're linking it back across the site to the school campuses. So if you find a school, if there are out-of-school time providers that have identified that they operate, pick up from, that work school. with with that school, they'll show up on the school side. Cool. And on the flip side, too— if you find a program your kid really loves, you can see what school campuses they have. So they'll, they'll cross over and kind of be woven together in that way. That's really cool. What about you, Chris? <laughs> You've been very quiet. Oh, uh, that's all right. Um, I, I'm going to echo, or I have two things. I'll, I'll echo one that's kind of been mentioned already in multiple ways, but awareness and access across the city. So um, awareness uh, to the school choices and access to the information for all the school options uh, for a family. Uh, but then my business side is excited that the website will create a competitiveness uh, within our community. And I think that that competitiveness for the schools, so again, whether it be public district or public charter, uh, will just e elevate education in our community mm -hmm. altogether because schools can't just be stagnant with the programs that they offer. Totally. Um, they'll, they'll have to offer new extracurriculars uh, or um, just improve yeah. uh, programs on campus in general beyond just your normal um, 
STEM or, or STREAM or STEAM or whatever it is that <laughs> that a school might think uh, is the new innovative way. You'll, you'll always have to be innovating year after year. And I think part of our long game with the website, too, is we won't know what the impact of the website is for some of it until four or five years down the line um, once schools are forced into that new model uh, to compete against the charter that's right across the street um, or close down the school that's underperforming. Yeah. And we also mentioned before that it is is a website uh, accessible uh, on a computer, on a mobile device, uh, but we also understand the digital divide in San Antonio. So we're finding ways to partner uh, in the community, uh, whether it be the library, uh, in the future, Bibliotech, uh, Food Bank, and, and other partners to reach uh, the community in different ways to, uh, to make sure that we're giving that full access of information. So, like, I see how parents and families would be so excited about this. Are schools, like, equally excited about it, too? Yeah, that's— Depends. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so curious like, about mm, it. Like, mm. Here's the thing. You've worked in a school. Yeah, that's why um, I'm curious about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the—I con- think the um, the concept of it, when you stop this— when you get out of thinking about lesson plans and teaching yeah, yeah, and yeah. grading and— Staff development and activities and all of the amazing, you know, like the innumerable things that are on a teacher's mm-hmm. plate or a leader's plate. And you sit down and you have a chance to breathe and eat and drink something and you think about School Finder. It's like, yeah, this is amazing. We don't get to tell our story. Totally. We don't get to, you know, like Brian said, we can't tell great schools when they have stuff that's inaccurate or we can't, you know, inform some of the other platforms that are out there because they're not built by us for us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the the idea of it, yes. And then once, like, uh, Brian and Chris have done a lot of trainings with school leaders, bringing them in, helping them build out their sites, they get really excited. They love to show. I mean, it's like, man, if I can tell this story in a place where hundreds of parents will see it and I get to show these cool videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm i like the principals, like the master <laughs> totally. has all the access to the information. Yeah. They see all the amazing things. Being able to tell that is so much fun and they love it. Uh, but in the... You know, well, let's find the right time of year to do this. Well, the summer is not it's the hard. right time. The fall is not the right time. And the spring is not the right time. There's never a and right you're time. you're not stacked <laughs> for somebody to do this. So it does have to – it's going to fall on someone's plate. And it wasn't – it didn't used to be there because there That's isn't right. somebody who's been right. doing this. Like That's most right. of the schools I've worked in, the person running the web page is like the math teacher mm. or, you know, yeah, librarian like, or, it's the librarian or it's just somebody who has like a natural inclination that likes doing that stuff that's keeping up with social media. That's right. Um, it's not like someone's designated job at school. To tell your school story. That's right. And what what they're what they become afraid uh, what they become afraid of sometimes is they think that they're going to have to update this constantly. And we're not trying to replace a school's website or the district website. What we're trying to be is that first step in a family finding the information and trying to lead them to where they can further gather the deeper dive uh, for a given school. So that's what we also have to communicate to the school leaders or or district leaders often when we are approaching them um, about San Antonio school finder. Um, but at a school level, like Dahlia said, they love it right when they see it or the the with the access that it provides. Uh, yeah, I think, Chris, though, your point you bring up around um, the, the platform, one of the most interesting things that I never thought of when we embarked on this project is it actually is also kind of creating equity amongst school districts because you could go mm-hmm. to some 
School district sites, they are amazing. Mm-hmm. You can tell they have entire teams of people working on working, that yes. robust marketing yeah. budget. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, they're, they're using the latest HTML5 and, you know, like mm-hmm. crazy stuff. And then you go to other ones and, you know, it, it, it your MySpace page probably looks like <laughs> You know, and, and, and it's not I mean, Geo, Geo, Geo Cities. Geo Cities. Geo Cities, yes, yes. Uh, you know, there's, just a, there's a dancing baby from a GIF. <laughs> it's like you almost hear that, that AOL dial-up happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so I think for many of these districts, um, especially some of the smaller districts across town that don't have the large budgets, once they kind of get past the overwhelming of like, you know, we had one – uh, like I think deputy superintendent going, I don't know how to code. We're like, we wouldn't ask you to code. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like, I don't know how to code either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I think once they get past that and they realize how user-friendly we've created this tool for them to update information, they become very excited uh, yeah. because they're like, wow, okay, you are giving me a new way to share information with my parents, with prospective parents, and tell our story about what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it doesn't come out of my budget. I don't have to dedicate staffing to it. And it looks yeah, really that's nice. that's really cool. It yeah. looks really good. I remember the first time we tried telling people about it before we had a site to show them. It was just so out in the clouds, right? Like, ah, it sounds good, but I don't know. The I think the best story I can tell is when we are doing uh, data entry and, you know, we'll be like, all right, next 10 minutes we're going to work on this section. And we teach them how, and then they do it, and we'd hit publish. And then they'd see it and be like, oh, cool. oh, look at that. There it yeah. is. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> wow, this is so easy. This is so great. Uh, so now that there's an actual platform, you know, we the people feel like we're not talking with, about something. And, yeah. It's hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, districts, when we were first approaching them, thought that there would be some level of pay to play yeah. on the website, but there isn't. It's all free. Everybody shows against everybody the same exact way. Uh, charters will show against district and so forth. Um, so there's no way to bump yourself up on the search list or to knock somebody else mm-hmm. down. Uh, and that was that was a, a side of convincing, even though there was no thought of it that we had to do with superintendents or deputy uh, superintendents. That's really interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't have thought to ask that. Mm-hmm. Well, if on greatschools.org, you can you can buy an ad and just drop yourself if you search for a school. And, and you're going to be there. SEISD, even if, like, it'll just drop right in the top. Now, it does say what? it's an ad, but it's still, it's still distracting. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's crazy, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fair. <clears throat> the other, uh, and, and maybe we're getting off topic here. There's no such thing. Okay. So <laughs> we, when we forayed into the world of marketing this, uh, I didn't realize how many schools buy up each other's um, name. Search really? terms. Search terms. Search terms on so Google. If you search for Kip, uh, Idea owns Kip. And if you search for idea, no Kip owns idea. And they, they it, it's really interesting when you go in there and start bidding <laughs> for these crazy. search terms. It's competitive. It is really competitive out there. Which I don't think is on any school, like classroom teacher's mind. Like you're not thinking that hasn't trickled all the way down into classrooms. No. And so when you're working in a classroom, even at a school leader in some level, on some levels, you're not really thinking about how competitive the market really is. So you're not necessarily focusing a ton of attention on what your website looks like. At best, the websites generally are like the district-provided template that has the mission and vision, maybe, otherwise the history of your school, like maybe how your school got its name. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) not exactly. And then that just stays there. 
for all eternity. Mm-hmm. There's no that reason. That doesn't change. It does not <laughs> ever change. So you do not ever have to worry about updating that. Yeah. The only thing that I would say gets really updated regularly is like your school calendar. And mm-hmm. and someone owns that. Like that is your other duty as assigned. Which there is a link to. Right. In so like finder. having a different place where you could actually tell a robust story mm-hmm. is really appealing yeah. even to a school leader. And the cool thing also, like uh, Brian just like uh, footnoted that the calendar is in there. But like what via bus stop gets to the school is oh, in there. Cool. What are the boundaries that gets in there? Where do I apply? That's in there. Who do I call if I want to set up a school visit? Like that that's stuff's in not there. on your district. No. On this your school web page. One like on your – when I would – create my How school. How do I go to this school? Yeah, exactly. It's in one place. Yeah, that's not there. Yeah. You would have to go do something different to find out like, okay. Or click 10 times yeah, to exactly. find it, find the breadcrumb trail to get uh-huh, to it. To get, how do I actually get to this school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing yeah. too, that's, uh, you know, I don't think we've spent a lot of time on, but Dahlia, you may speak to this better, but we've also kind of, um, we listened to parents to find out what was important. So on the, on the accountability data, it's not like this overwhelming. Like when you go to texasschools.org. It's so much information. The, you know, the the taper report, which is just like this giant Excel file. Mm-hmm. Um, like a parent, I I work on School Finder and I don't even want to deal with the spreadsheet. <laughs> like that's how overwhelming this thing is. And, and so we've kind of gone through and listened to parents and made it really easy. Like these how are the things that How did you do on they, reading? How did you do on math? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. And that, you know, I went, I've gone recently to a couple of parent conversations about accountability ratings. And even, you know, even the most uh, versed parent talking about, you know, this is how this is calculated and it's a percentage of this and the largest of these two percentage. And then this is, you know, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's hard to digest. It's right? really so, hard to digest. And it's always changing. And it's always changing. So even when you think you know it, like you've got it down one year. And then come October, it's a totally different set of accountability standards. So parents said, like, I want to know how many kids are reading on grade level, doing math on grade level. I want to know what the graduation rate is. I want to know how many kids are taking AP and IB courses. How are they doing in those courses? Mm -hmm. You know, what is college uh, attrition or college uh, graduation rates look like? Um, You can also see, are there teachers that look like me? Yeah. Right? Or, or, you know, uh, things like that that really – are important to a lot of families. Mm -hmm. I know we sort of alluded to this before, but I always ask this question to everybody. Like, what's the pushback that you've gotten? And then how, what would you say to that pushback? If any, maybe you haven't gotten any. Pushback? I mean, I don't know that I would call, I don't know that I would call it pushback. I think that we have, We've definitely navigated with all of our part because this has taken a village. Like, well, yeah, this is I not mean, something that Chris, Brian, and I locked ourselves. Well, the thing in an is, like, San Antonio is such a spread out place, too. Like, you actually have to go far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had we have an amazing steering committee who's helped us think about what's around the corner. Doctor Woods is on that steering yeah. committee. Doctor Toscano. Uh, you know, we've have district representation, charter, pre K for SA. Um, the city of San Antonio. So there's definitely been people to help us think about and work through, like, sh- you know, like here for example, accountability. Be careful here. Accountability is a touchy subject. Should we have it sure. on there? Should we not have it on there? And we've always erred on the side of we don't censor information from parents. Even if it's hard to understand, they deserve to have access to it, and it's on us to demystify sure. it, right? 
Um, I think the one thing right now that I've heard now that it's out and it's getting socialized, Facebook is obviously a great um, generator of access and sharing information. You know, parents will say, you know, I looked at this school and it may not have information yet. And so because we're still uh, working through making sure that every single school has access to their page. um, I was going to ask you that. What if if somebody right now goes and looks up their school and there's not a lot of information there? Then what do they do? What should they do? Yeah, they can directly contact us. I mean, we uh, we can't make it happen. It has to be uh, sanctioned, like supported by their superintendent, whether it's a charter superintendent or a district superintendent. But going to their going up the chain of command to mm-hmm. advocate for, hey, can we get on this? Can we get access? Um, we do not censor who and who doesn't get to get access. Anybody that wants to work with us can. Do it. Mm-hmm. We do have an MOU, a memorandum of understanding. It's non-binding, and it's really just saying here's what. CEP commits to do. Here's what we ask that district and schools commit to do. Um, so anybody can access it. If you're if you look your school up, if you're a parent and you're like, hey, my school's story Not is page uh-huh. page is blank. Uh, talk to your principal. And if you're a teacher or principal and your page is blank, talk to your supervisor, the superintendent. Um, we want everybody to be on there because you know we want everyone to be able to t- tell their story. Yeah. Yeah, we're still in in beta phase in this first launch, and we've got. Over half the schools in San Antonio built out with a story on the website, but uh, still building out some of them and, and getting uh, them to sign up to tell their story. Uh, but it every school is on there in some form, whether it is just the TEA data uh, or if it's a full story with how to enroll, calendars, all that information with a full built out school, they're on there though. Yeah, that's a big piece of it. Um, because this isn't just a data dump, but we're actually partnering with the schools and a lot of times taking them through trainings on how to tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we took over 100 school leaders um, yeah, with fun. the key ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jen, you helped lead that training um, just through like how to tell their story in general because we didn't want it just to be another like we copy and pasted. The story, the namesake, uh, the namesake yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, here's uh, two pictures from when, you know, there was a groundbreaking ceremony or, or something. You know, yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and so there is some thought that has to be put into it. And I think that's intimidating because, again, back to your point earlier, there's never a good time. Yeah. There's never a great time to do this work, right? And so, you know, we've had some great partnerships and, and, you know, we really appreciate some of the pioneers, the early adopters that gave us access to their school leaders and let us, you know, invest in you know, those schools by training those school leaders and, you know, yeah. giving those those leaders the autonomy to come sit down in a room with us for a couple hours, tell that story, get it up on the site. And we're going to continue to chip away at that. Uh, but again, it's it's all down to we're asking for time from probably some of the most time-stretched people in the city, mm-hmm. right? Some of the most under-resourced sure. people, right? And so we get that as well. And so we're having to be patient and just trying to find any way that we can to be helpful in getting those stories into the School Finder tool. So, like, if people know when a good time is, should they email you or something? Should Absolutely. they say, like, hey, you know when a good time for this training would be? Yeah. So you can always send an email and if there's any, I'm sure there's a lot of educators that listen to this, um, schoolfinder at cityeducationpartners.org. Um, even though we may not be publishing the site year-round because of translations, we never sure. want to publish the site and have it out of sync with the authentic translations in Spanish. Um, we can take in data all the time. So we may not be able to put it up for a month or two. Uh, but if there's a great time for your team to get that information in, please contact us. That's right. We're willing to work around the schedules of, you know, teachers and leaders to a time that works right for them. And I think the other thing we'd say is when you go to the website on the about page, there's a survey. 
We believe that feedback is a gift. And this tool is for San Antonio. And so, you know, positive, constructive doesn't matter. You know, play around with the site, put your address in, you know, search for your own child's school, even if they're already in a great school that's the Mm -hmm. right fit for them. Um, as many eyes as we can get that on this, the better, because, you know, we will have a, a new a version 2.0. We will make updates. Those updates will be driven by what parents and families say is, is helpful and most important for them. Um, and this, this tool is going to continue to get better and better, right? It's going to be yeah. like the wine you served us. It's better and better with <laughs> it time. It does, doesn't it? And so, like, it'll be around for a long time, the website. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, you know, we're looking for long-term sustainability options for this tool. Um, We've always believed that, you know, our goal is always to work ourselves out of needing to exist, Mm -hmm. work ourselves out of things and putting them in places where they're sustainable over time. So we're definitely working with the Texas Education Agency to talk about how we could partner with them to better inform um, the texasschools.gov site, see if there's a way that something like this could benefit families across the state of Texas. So Yeah, because I think, you know, in the world of skeptics, people would wonder, like, what do you get out of this? Like, what is City Education Partners getting out of doing this? And then how long are you going to be in it? Is it going to, what's going to happen in four years or in five years? Or maybe that's just how my brain works on wine. I don't know. Yeah, those are really good questions. I mean, <laughs> I grew up, I'm a pretty skeptic, skeptical person. And, you know, you tr- respect is given, but trust is definitely earned. Um, I mean, I think for all of us, we've, you know, I can speak personally for myself. And, you know, Brian and Chris have their own past and CP obviously exists for children. But, yeah. um, you know, as a teacher, as a former school leader, like my whole passion and career has been in education. And what you get out of it is investing in tomorrow, right? Totally. Um, I have to live in this community. I, re- I want to retire someday. I want the next generation <laughs> to just keep getting better and better. Um, we, what we have in, what we have, uh, what we get out of it, I think is like, we live in a community not in isolation. We all make it better or worse. Um, and so this stuff like this only helps to strengthen our community and create a stronger tomorrow for San Antonio. Uh, and we all benefit from that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the return you may not see immediately. Um, That's education. I mean, it's it a long game. And right. when and it creates a little ripple, right? So when one thing shifts and changes, then everything around it shifts and changes, which is why I asked all of you, like, why is this important to you? This is why it's important to me, because I do feel like when you can make one small change somewhere, mm-hmm. it does spread across a lot of different systems. And I'm learning to be super um, – well, I guess I'm learning to be way more – hybrid in my thinking around what what is and what isn't and and what should and what shouldn't be and where you can go to find what works especially right for you individually both as a parent um, but also as an educator because I think we talk a lot about school choice in terms of families but we have a massive educator workforce in San Antonio too and Mm -hmm. there's choice all over the place for that as well and I think the more you know the better you can make those choices that are like infinitely wise for you Mm -hmm. and that's just it like that's the end game yeah that's right Absolutely. I think a lot of people are afraid of choice. Uh, but Which is weird, is right? Like, like if, how could you be? Don't you want to be able to make a good choice? Yeah. It's weird I mean, to if me. You, if you know what you have is a really great product and you know whatever it is. If you're a restaurant, you know, there's a million Mexican restaurants in San Antonio. But if you know that you make really good food, 
you're not worried about whether people are going to come to your restaurant, right? And right. so if you're a school and you know that you're an excellent school, you have great teachers and you guys mm-hmm. are just opening doors for kids and, and you know, creating really great futures, you're not worried about that. Families are going to come. Kids are going to come. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the more we focus on making sure that we are the best at what we do, that we're the best stewards of our resources, that we are constantly challenging ourselves in every role we play to be the best for kids. We don't have to worry about there's enough demand. There are enough families. San Antonio population is growing like crazy. Yep. Um, We just need to concentrate on excellence and concentrate on keeping our promises to kids and families will come. Yep. I agree. So you guys talked a little bit about why this is so important to city education partners and to you individually, but it's not just city education partners that's leading this work. You have a lot of um, people backing you and supporting the work that's being done, which is also really exciting. Do you want to talk about who's been helping out kind of behind the scenes and and actually kind of out in front of it too, right? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this project wouldn't be um, even – be able to be done without a lot of generous support from um, the 8020 Foundation, uh, the Mays Family Foundation, and also the John L. Sinticos Charitable Foundation, which uh, if you happen to be over Christmas break, maybe saw Star Wars or something, if you were there like super early because you were really <laughs> excited to see that movie in the Santicos Theater, you probably saw uh, a little spot for us uh, cool. that the Santicos Theaters generously donated to get the Sweet. word out about School Finder. A lot of these people that are getting behind us um, are really just putting some wind in the sails to keep this moving forward. Um, this is completely funded by philanthropy. There are no private dollars. You can't buy ad space on SanAntonioSchoolFinder.org. Uh, although SanAntonioSchoolFinder.org can buy ad space on a via bus or on television. So the reason why I say that is all of the schools out there, if you want to tell your story, we're free marketing. Yeah. We've got a huge sum of money that we want to drive people to your school. This is free marketing for your school. Jump on board. Come on. We want to help you out. We want everyone to know the great things that you're doing. Awesome. You can visit the website. Somebody say the website one more time. SanAntonioSchoolFinder.org. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jim. for having us. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miseducation. Miseducation. 